Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. I think it's so neat that you're able to join us through this medium, and it means so much to me personally to hear that this has been used to encourage so many of you. It has always been the posture of Genesis to tangibly extend the love of Jesus in various ways, both locally and across the world. We support programs that assist families in need, contribute to ongoing works and building projects in Mexico. We've built a latrine and cafeteria for St. Andre's School in Haiti, as well as are advancing a food program there that we hope will help feed the children for years to come. The money collected for all these endeavors could have paid for a facility of our own many times over, but instead, we've intentionally chosen to be a mobile community since we began. We now have before us an opportunity to invest in a building of our own. We're not doing this, however, without considering the works we're committed to or even the works we feel compelled to keep doing in the future. But we're asking, if you've benefited from this podcast or from anything that Genesis has done, would you consider partnering with us by donating to this work directly at www.thegenesisstory.com and click on the Building Fund tab. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Together, let's prepare for an amazing tomorrow. Thanks, and God bless. Morning, everybody. Hey, I want to say thanks to Alex for leading us this morning. That was awesome. What a beautiful voice. And um, I appreciate him filling in so I can indeed uh, fill in for Sam. So, uh, as tradition goes, I would like to start off with a pastor joke. So here goes. (laughs) Uh, There was a pastor who had a congregant who was a skateboarder, a young man who broke his leg. So the pastor went to the church. I'm sorry, the pastor went to the hospital to visit the young man and sat beside him and prayed over him, and they had a lovely conversation. And as they were talking, the pastor saw a little bowl of peanuts next to uh, the bed, and he started munching on the peanuts as they were talking. And before he knew it, he finished all the peanuts. And so he looked at the young man, and he said, I'm so sorry I ate all your peanuts. And the young man said, oh, that's okay. I already sucked all the chocolate off of them anyways. Sam is in Haiti this morning, and I've uh, uh, been praying for him, and I hope you will too. He's uh, there to be used and to do great things somewhere else. And so um, this morning, I get the blessing of standing in for him and sharing with you what is on my mind and what's on my heart and what uh, God has given me to deliver this morning. So I hope that you're encouraged. And I hope that something sparks in you this morning that will make you uh, feel a little bit more alive this week. So, um, Rick, can you put up that slide real quick? So this is is kind of it, and I would like us to maybe say this together. Can we do that? The Lord has made everything for his purpose. Now, there's different translations of this. Some say the Lord has made everything for its purpose or something along those lines, but this is it. The Lord has made everything for his purpose. It's kind of the theme today, okay? So we're going to say this a couple more times. Uh, Let's do it one more time right now. The Lord... All right. So we're going to remember that, right? During World War II, uh, there were many prisoners, obviously, in uh, Nazi concentration camps. Uh, This particular story was from Hungary. 
there was a group of prisoners that were uh, processing human waste. That was their daily job. You know, anyone want to complain about their job right now? <laughs> it's not so bad anymore. That was what they did until the L.A.s came along and bombed the area and the, the uh, building that they were working in was destroyed. Uh, the prisoners didn't die in the bombing, but their, but their work was destroyed, so they could no longer, you know, what a drag, right? I can't do my job today. Uh, they were maybe relieved about that until the Nazi, Nazi soldiers came up with another plan for them. And so what they did was they started having them move the rubble from the broken building, bricks and rocks and junk, and they had them move it to a field uh, not too far away. And then the next day they had to move it back. And then the next day, they had to move it back. And this went on and on and on and on. These uh, prisoners were just carrying rubble back and forth without reason and without purpose. And they started to feel like there was no meaning to this. I imagine the first couple of days, they were like, well, they just can't make up their mind. They're just you know, having us do this, and they're going to have something built pretty soon. But they didn't. This is just what they did. And so as you can imagine, after time, they started to lose their minds a little bit. And some of the, some of the uh, prisoners started to do things like throw themselves in front of the guards, essentially asking to be killed, because they would rather be killed than move another stone. And this is the lot. This is what happened over and over again. Some of them were shot. And this was a story that was told by... Uh, uh, it was a high school student that went and uh, heard from somebody in Germany that this is the, the concentration camp. They went on a tour, and this is the tour guide told them. So <clears throat> this is what happens. They lost the will to live. They lost hope. They gave up. And, and maybe in a much more less significant way, I've talked to people at my place of employment or other places where I've worked where people just start to feel the same thing. I do the same thing every day. Now, it may not be moving bricks or moving rocks. It may be customer service or something like that or, or just planning or whatever it might be, uh, their job might be. But they started to feel the same kind of lack of meaning in their work because they just weren't feeling fulfilled by it. Maybe in the same way you felt that way. Maybe it's not your job. Maybe it's... Uh, maybe it's dealing with family members and uh, stubborn people and you just are tired of doing the same old thing in, in and out, your, your family, your job, your chores, <laughs> your housework. Maybe you found yourself at some point saying, what's the point of all this? Was this what I was made for? Was I made to move rocks? Is this why God put me here? Is this what Jesus died for so that I could have this monotonous work day or life or whatever it might be? I heard a comedian one time, he said, he said, life, it's just a phase you're going through and you'll get over it. (laughs) You'll get over it. And I feel like a lot of people are at that place or a lot of people get there. There are several layers though, if we peel this back a little bit to the daily grind the things that maybe we wake up in the morning and dread right from the start. 
Um, if we have lost sight, so some of us, at some point in our life, we found some meaning in something we've done, something makes us feel alive. And in the daily grind, we lose sight of what that is. Some of us maybe haven't found that purpose yet, and we're still searching for it. So I hope today that we'll at least leave here pointed in a direction of seeking what it is that we're doing here. I think when, uh, I mean, what makes you feel alive? I think about that sometimes because, because life can be monotonous. Life can be boring. Life can be hard. Life can be challenging. We all know that. But there is something that you were made for, and maybe you know what that is. Maybe you know what makes you feel alive or fulfilled. Maybe you don't. But when we, when, we, when we find that thing and then we don't do it, when we find this makes me excited, but I don't have time for that, then we start to lead into the same kind of hopeless path of moving rocks and leads to depression, leads to addictions, leads to despair, leads to joylessness, leads to a pretty sad existence maybe. Or maybe you're like me and it leads to Target and I spend half my paycheck in retail therapy. (laughs) Or worse is Amazon. But life is busy as it is. Where there's several things that distract us from even thinking and maybe not even asking the question, what am I here for? Maybe that's a question you haven't asked for a long time because life is busy and we fill our days. And I have a little list of things and I just kind of want to Name a few things off, and as I do, I want you to think about how many hours in the week you spend, maybe hours in a day, if that's too big of a concept, maybe hours in a day that you spend doing these things. Sleeping. Anybody get a lot of sleep? (laughs) I I have a newborn. I also have a wife that bears the brunt of that. Um, Work, your job. Most of us may be eight hours, some people much more than that in a day. So if you think that you, you know, if you sleep for six to eight hours, you work for eight to ten hours, you have a commute maybe to get to your job, maybe that's a half hour each way, your day's already pretty much soaked up. Right? At least on a Monday through Friday. So here's a few other things. We spend time on social media. Maybe not all you do. That's, uh, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you know I do. <laughs> um, exercise. Housework. Time in front of the TV. Maybe you have a hobby. Maybe you have kids and you're spending half your day driving them around to activities. Maybe you have a ministry that you're involved in. Maybe you need to rest from the events of the day, whatever it might be. There's a lot of things that take up our time, and this is just a short list. There's several other things that, you know, grocery shopping, 
whatever, pet care. (laughs) There's a thousand things that we spend our time doing. And so it makes sense then, if we don't find meaning or purpose in the job that we have, and a lot of people don't, and you spend 40 hours of your week or 50 hours of your week doing it, then it makes sense that you're going to start to feel like it's moving rocks. Because the story of the, the concentration camp tells us that we are people that are made to have meaning. We are made for a purpose. And when we don't have that and when we don't see hope for that, we lose the will to live. What makes us busy does not make us better. But then this leads to another problem because then we start to try to fill the hole that we feel, the emptiness inside of us, with more, something more. I need something more. This isn't enough for me because I don't feel fulfilled and I don't feel like I'm being, I'm living the life that I'm meant to live. I don't feel like I'm being the person that I'm meant to be. And so there's this emptiness that ensues and pretty soon we are on the proverbial hunt for more, more stuff, more life, more activities. We start to fill up our schedules with more and more and more and more. And it doesn't make us better. It just makes us busier. And I'm right here too. I I have a full-time job. I know. I know that when I think about the list of things that soak up my time, the ones I just read to you, and I think about Maybe, you know, the one thing that I spend the most time doing is my job. And I like my job. And uh, on the list of the, my most important things, so think about your priorities, maybe your top five or ten priorities in your life. My job is probably number five, but I spend the most time in my day and my week doing my number five priority. And my number one priority suffers. And I don't have enough time for that. So let me give you a couple of examples. We probably give more hours to our work than we do to our kids. Unless you're a stay-at-home mom, then you have something else that you're struggling with. If we don't find meaning in that work or in that housework, or if we don't find purpose in the things that we spend our life doing, if we spend 60% of our time doing it, then we start to feel the burn of hopelessness. If we find purpose in relationships, but we only get to spend an hour a day on them, then we feel unfulfilled. If we feel most alive when we have time to work on a hobby or a project, but we only get 30 minutes a month to do that, we start to feel down we start to feel like we're just moving rocks with our lives. And I know, you know, like I said, I'm talking to you guys. I know that you know this. I know that this isn't news. Um, You know what happens when we lose sight. And I think of myself as, I'm, I'm kind of like the reminder guy. I don't have anything new to share with you. I'm just ringing the bell that says, look, maybe you haven't spent much time thinking about why I'm here or what I'm doing with my life or who I'm supposed to be according to God. 
And maybe that's just what I'm doing today. This is just a reminder of that. Who am I created to be? That's the question I want us to ask. You guys remember old Solomon, King Solomon? Let me give you some encouragement from him. He says, I've been king over Israel and Jerusalem. I looked most carefully into everything, searched out all that it is that is done on the earth. And let me tell you, there's not much to write home about. God hasn't made it easy for us. I've seen it all, and it's nothing but smoke, smoke and spitting in the wind. You guys feel better now? That's in your Bible. This is Ecclesiastes. Sounds like Solomon's been moving rocks. And he's got to the end of his life. And he's looking back on all that he's accomplished, all his great wealth and resources and 700 wives. I think I know why he feels this way. The, the Ecclesiastes, that book in the Old Testament, is kind of buried in the middle. It reads like a journal of despair. Because even with all his wisdom, with all his wealth, with all his resources, he looks back and he was like, man, this is, this is a vapor. It's gone, and I haven't done much. This is a guy that wrote three books in our Bibles. This is the same guy that wrote this verse. The Lord has made everything for his purpose. But it tells us in 1 Kings chapter 11 this. It says, For it was so that when Solomon was old, that his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not loyal to the Lord, his God, as was the heart of his father David. So we see this when he gets to the end of things and he looks back. He is no longer walking close with Jesus or with, with God at all. He's kind of let things fall apart. He's, got, he's lost sight of his purpose. His purpose. He's lost sight of it. He forgot who he was created to be. And when he looks back, he thinks it was all just for nothing. Solomon the wise, Solomon who wrote three books in our Bible, this was his conclusion. You're born, you pay taxes, you enjoy what you can, and then you turn back to dust. Yay. But like I said, he was speaking from a place that did not represent who he was made to be. And you and I, my friends, we can't afford that. So I like to start with the simple things, the things we know to be true. So very simply, God is good. God is strong. God loves us. And if those three things are true, and I think we can all agree they're they're true, then that changes everything. Because, will you say it with me? The Lord has made everything for his purpose. If he is good, if he is strong, and if he loves us, this is true of you. He's made you for his purpose. Includes me. And it might say the Lord has made everyone for their purpose. So 
So who are you today? A child of God, his beloved, the apple of his eye. Who are you today? The bride of Christ? Do you think that God who is good and who is strong and who loves you wants you to miss out on the thing that he created you for? Of course not. We would never say that. He doesn't want us to get trapped in the the cycle of busyness that we get trapped in. He doesn't want us to get trapped in living in survival mode day by day with blinders on, doing the little tasks that we have to do while missing the bigger picture. Because if we, as his beloved, as his church, as his bride, as his ambassadors, as his representatives, if we fall into the same trap of Solomon and we start to live by saying, life sucks and then you die, essentially, the book of Ecclesiastes, then what good are we to a a hurting world? Right? What message do we have to bear? and these jars of clay. We have been given something else, a purpose, and I'm going, to speak, I'm going to speak largely right now to all of us. This is a general purpose that's true for all of us. I think that you have an individual purpose. But this is true for all of us. If we are, as Solomon got to the point where we just were so despondent, so far from God, that we forgot who we were made to be, whose image we were created in, and we get to, the, to that place in our lives where we just think that, man, it's just a grind, and there's no hope, and there's nothing else that I'm supposed to do with my time or with my life. If we get to that place, then we are no good. We are salt that has lost its flavor. We are no good to the world that God has left us in for a purpose. And the purpose that he left us here for was to reveal the kingdom of God. And now, what does that look like? What does it look like when Jesus is on the throne in your life? Does he find, does he find us complaining about everything all the time? Does he find us down and depressed and without hope, and without purpose? No, it doesn't look like that. It looks the opposite of that, as a matter of fact. And I, I know you guys have seen the news, and I know Alex mentioned it in his prayer, but what is happening? What is happening in our world? It is insanity. There is so much division, and there is so much hatred. And if we as God's people do not stand up as a voice of love in the midst of this crisis, then what good are we? Maybe you haven't seen, seen the I was telling Ben, he's like, I, don't, I haven't seen the news. Maybe you haven't either. There's, I mean, in, in Virginia right now, right, there's essentially a race war happening. And if we, again, if we don't stand up and say that racism is evil, it is contra- it's contradictory to God's word and what God wants for his people. If we are not standing up and voicing that we denounce racism, that we are standing in love of all people, 
then what are, we, what are we condoning? What are we saying to the world? So, I'll get off my soapbox. But say it, post it, tweet it, live it. We need to be heard, and love needs to be our approach, and love needs to be in our voice. This is not about politics. This is about simply what's right and what's wrong. We cannot afford to be silent. If we belong to Jesus, we have to be about love because Jesus was about love. He said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Amen? So shine that light, church. This is a a moment to do it. And in this, and see, in this is where we start to discover, we start to kind of maybe uncover what our purpose is. Our purpose. This is what it looks like when Jesus is on the throne of our lives. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. His people standing up in unison as one people in love. Not hate, not pushing back, just saying, I love all people. Because Jesus died for them too. So I hope in some general sense you see that your purpose is to walk with Jesus in moments like this. Push back the barriers of hate and stand in love. Jesus also said in John 10.10 that I have come that they might have life. Speaking of us, he said, I have come that they might have life and that more abundantly. So if you maybe find yourself in the the place of burden where you feel like I'm just carrying stones without purpose, without rhyme or reason, I want you to remember John 10.10 and Jesus. He said, I have come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly you might be fully alive. He has come for that. So, if you're asking yourself, what is my purpose? What is the meaning of life, maybe? And then you remember that Jesus said that he has come so that you might have a more abundant life. He's come that you might live with this electricity of feeling alive in the moment. He's come for that. I always say, you know, somewhat jokingly, but it's also true, he didn't come and die so that we could sit in metal chairs on a Sunday morning and, you know, do this. This is important, but he didn't come and die for that. He came and died for the sins of the world. And as his children come to him, he sends them back out. And this is our purpose. He sends us back out to reveal the kingdom that he is ushering in as his ambassadors, as his representatives. This is our purpose. That's why we're here. That's why you're here. He says, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. So does that sound like meaninglessness to you? Because Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes things and he pours meaning into each of our lives. 
He gives us purpose just by the mere fact that he loves us. Gives us a reason to keep going. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are, I read this a lot and I think Sam read it last week, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You're made for this. This is what Paul says, Ephesians 2.10. He says, you were made for this. Why am I here? For this. For what? He says, you were were created in Christ for the good works that God has laid out for you, that you might walk in them, that you might fulfill the purpose of your life because God has already laid it out. He's already laid it out. He says, you were made for this. You were literally created to do something that God prepared for you to do. Matthew 5.16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I think that at some level, the, the church kind of, you know, we, we, we got away from works righteousness, which is good because everybody was afraid, like, okay, you're not, you're not saving yourself by doing these good works. And so what happens? I don't know. I think, I think we forgot to do the good works. And we maybe sat on our laurels for too long. Yeah, we're not saved by good works. But we do the good works because we are saved. We were made for them. Paul says it in Ephesians 2.10. And Jesus said that when we do these things, we are letting our light shine for others to see, and that they will give glory to God. That sounds like a pretty good purpose in life. I saw on Instagram a picture of you guys doing yard work yesterday. Do you love yard work? (laughs) But did you love yesterday? And why? Because in that moment... And that little bit of time that you guys spent together doing yard work, you were, showing, you were showing the rest of us, maybe via Instagram or whatever, this is what it looks like when God reigns. I don't like doing yard work, but I like being with my brothers doing it together for a purpose. Do you see? Do you see, Paul says, I've learned to be content in all circumstances. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that means not just like I have extra special abilities to do like leaps and bounds and I can slam dunk a basketball, but it means I can put up with anything too. I can put up with the humdrum job that I have because Christ strengthens me. And when we take the things that we don't like, like yard work or maybe a job or a task at hand, or something that we are not looking forward to, and we repurpose it, and we do it with this kind of, this, it changes our perspective. I don't like yard work, but I like being with my brothers doing it for a purpose. I don't like my job, but if I find purpose in a person or in a ministry that is connected to the job that I do, then I now have purpose 
and going and being a part. Do all things unto Christ. There is a, there's, a, there's an attitude adjustment that comes in uh, along with this. Um, and again, I want to be clear. We, we don't do good deeds in order to be saved. We do them because we have been saved. So this is out of gratitude. This is out of love for Jesus. This is out of following his example. He washed his disciples' feet. I don't think he liked washing feet. But he said, I'm doing this so that you will have an example do what Jesus did. What does life look like when Jesus is on the throne? I jotted down a few, a few scriptures. It looks like being content in any circumstance. That's Philippians 4.11. When Jesus is on the throne of my life, it looks like peace and harmony and forgiveness. That's in Colossians 3. Galatians 5 tells us the fruit of the Spirit. You guys know these, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. This is what it looks like. It looks like love for one another. It looks like love for neighbors. And Jesus made it clear that that didn't mean your next-door neighbor only. It meant It meant people. <laughs> It looks like love for God. When Jesus is on the throne of our lives, it doesn't look like grumbling and complaining. It doesn't look like a chore. It looks like an opportunity. It changes the way we see life. When we show the world how good God is, when we show the world how good God is. We are walking in purpose. When we show the world how good God is, and none of us are perfect, none of us claim to be perfect, and none of us are anywhere near perfect, but when imperfect people like us find joy in doing something for somebody else, when imperfect people like us stand up for what is right in love, We show the world who God is and how good he is. Solomon in his twilight did not have a close walk with God. And because of that, everything looked futile. Everything looked like a waste of time. But the closer we walk with Jesus, the clearer we'll see. The Lord has made everything for his purpose. The distractions, they'll keep coming. Our time is filled, our schedules are filled. The distractions will keep coming. So just by way of very practical antidote, I I have a couple things to offer, and we'll wrap up. Life is busy. Amen? (laughs) Life is hard. Life is complicated. Life can take off, get away from us, and lead us to a place we never thought we'd be. 
our schedules are what they are. Most of us need jobs. If we have kids, we spend a lot of time taking care of their needs. Most of us need sleep. Most of us have things we have to do. But most of us have priorities. Maybe you haven't thought about those for a while either. But mostly, generally, people would say, I put God first and then, you know, my family and then my job, whatever. You might have some variety of that. But the thing that's at the top of the list, how much, how much of your time does that get? How much of your attention does that get? You might not be able to fix that completely, but I think just thinking through it, just thinking through it helps us out. So try this. I'm going to try it too. I've done this in the past, and it, and it makes a big difference in, in my personal walk with Jesus. So I'm going to offer this to you. Maybe you already do this. Very practical. You're busy. You might forget about, you know, through, throughout the day when things keep coming at you, and you're just like, oh, man, I was going to do this, but now I have to do that. Whatever it happens every day. Distractions are going to come. So maybe try this. It's not, I'm not giving a new commandment. I'm just offering some practical advice. Wake up 15 minutes earlier. And you're like, I'm already tired. I know. Me too. 15 minutes earlier than you normally would. If you drink coffee, make yourself a cup of coffee. Maybe grab a pen and paper. Find a spot where you live. Maybe it's the dinner table or the coffee table or the corner of your bed. But find a spot and be consistent with the spot. Maybe just a chair in the corner of your room. And start with a simple prayer. It's like this. Father, I am yours. Jesus, I am thankful. Holy Spirit, guide me. Don't go on and on asking for a new car or a new job. (laughs) Don't let your mind wander about all the many things you have to do that day. Three things. Father, I'm yours. Jesus, I'm thankful. Holy Spirit, guide me today. And then just sit and be. Just sit and be. Don't let your mind wander. Call it coffee with Jesus. Spend time listening. And as God speaks, or as you feel so inclined, write something down, a thought that he brings to your head, um, a person he brings to your mind. Write it down. Write it down. Take notes. Breathe deep. And just be in the moment. And enjoy it. Because, one more time, the Lord has made everything for his purpose. And if we are not listening, we're going to miss it. So, who are you created to be? What is your specific purpose? I don't know. It would be weird if I did. 
uh, I know there are general things that God has called us all to. And maybe we start there. Maybe we start by ushering in the kingdom, showing the world what it's like when Jesus is in charge. That's the kingdom. When he is on the throne, this is how my life looks. It's not saying how great I am. It's saying how great he is. It's saying that this part of my life might suck, but God is good, God loves me, and God is strong, and there is purpose in whatever I am going through, and I'm going to look for it. We start with what we know to be true, and then slow down. Slow down. Maybe look at your schedule for the day and say, what, what will you do with this, God? So we learn to slow down, we learn to practice listening, and believe me, God still speaks. And next week, there's going to be part two. So we'll, we'll dive a little deeper next week, okay? One of my favorite chunks of Scripture is found in Hebrews chapter 10, and I would just like to read one Scripture to you. If Alex is out there, he can come on in. Maybe lead us one more time. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how to stir up one another. How to stir up one another. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. He says, let us consider, let's figure this out. How are we going to encourage one another? How are we going to stir each other up to love and good works? Because that's why we're here. That's what Paul says God has created us for. Something he created us for. If we're walking in it, we will not find ourselves moving rocks. Amen. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.